Welcome to the Real Estate Roundtable Podcast, where we sit down with some of the most successful real estate agents, brokers, and team leaders to learn about their journeys in this industry. I'm your host, Art Batuzzi, and as a seasoned real estate agent of 29 years, I'm always fascinated by the stories of how others found success in this business. On this podcast, we'll be talking to our guests about the obstacles they overcame, the lessons they learned, and the tips and strategies they're using in today's ever-changing market. Whether you're a real estate agent, broker, team leader, investor, or just someone interested in real estate, you're in the right place. Our guests come from a variety of backgrounds and they all have unique insights to share. We wanna have fun with these interviews, but we also wanna make sure that you come away with actionable tips that you can implement in your own business. New episodes will be released weekly, so be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for joining us on the Real Estate Roundtable Podcast. Let's get started. Welcome to the Real Estate Roundtable Podcast. Today, I am joined by a friend of mine, Kristen Jungles. Kristen is with Keller Williams Infinity out of Naperville, Illinois. Kristen and I have a history together. We'll talk a little bit about that. But uh, I wanted Kristen to be one of my first guests because Kristen truly has what I believe is one of the best overall mindsets and attitudes about real estate and being a real estate broker. So I wanted to introduce you to you all and make sure you got the chance to see what I see as an amazing broker and individual in Kristen Jungle. So Kristen, welcome to the Real Estate Roundtable podcast. Thank you, Art. Thanks so much for choosing me. I appreciate that intro. Well, you know, we've known each other for a while now, and, and we've gone through some things. And, and I just think you have a great, interesting story about how you got to where you are today. So let's first of all start out with you were in the armed services. Is that correct? Yeah. So I, um, I actually went to college, and I was Army ROTC at University of Colorado, and I had thought that I'd have more of an appreciation for enlisted people if I enlisted myself. So I ended up spending uh, two years active in the um, Army as a medic and then six years in the reserves. And now I'm really active in our local VFW post. Cool. Yeah. So you did that and mm -hmm. and you, you finished with all of that. And then so how did your, your real estate journey get started? So my background is um, actually in finance and banking. And so um, that's what I was doing originally. And then when we had the boys, I had decided to stay home and raise the boys. And I, act, I got my real estate license in 2006 because um, Kevin and I had decided that, well, we were buying properties for ourselves and I wanted, I didn't want to leave anything on the table. So I thought I'll just, you know, study and, and become a realtor. And then um, and we were flipping houses and we had done a couple of teardowns in downtown Naperville and I was the, the broker on those. So, so that's how I originally um, got started. And then this opportunity was presented to me because I was an elected official in Naperville 
and I had my real estate license. So the Illinois realtors um, came to me and asked me uh, to fill an open spot as a government affairs director. So I put my license into holding. So I put in a holding company and, um, and I lobbied on private property rights and home ownership and, and traveled around like it, Illinois and down to Springfield and in DC. So that was like a really, really fun job for a long time, like almost six years, I think I was with them. And then I thought, I looked at all these realtors that were awesome volunteers on government affairs. And I thought I wanted to do what they were doing. So I pulled it out of holding and activated my license and went at it. So that's cool. So let, let's go back though, because you and I met what, 2007 or eight, maybe somewhere mm-hmm. in that range, right? Yeah. And we both worked at, our licenses were hung at the same company at the time. And here's an interesting sidebar for you all. Um, Kristen and I were part of a group that went to Pass Christian, Mississippi. Now, Katrina, you know, the hurricane hit that whole area in New Orleans and really decimated that area. And and I got to be honest with you, until I saw it for myself, five years later. So we went in, what was it, 2009, right? Eight or nine. 2009, yeah. Nine, right? Because I went twice. But in 2009, um, five years later, the amount of devastation still, when we rolled up, was astounding. Yeah, it was terrible. Like, I remember that... um, you know, the Mennonites were there, right? And they were coordinating all of the rebuild efforts for people that were down in that area. And many of the people had long left, right? And then because they just thought their house was devastated and and all you would see is just the concrete pillars remaining, remember? And then there was just nothing. And you think this is years later. So when you and I went down there, we were um, we were going to help on one of the build projects and the people, if you remember, they were rebuilding for the third time in the same location after losing everything, right? Like hanging, said they were hanging onto their roof and um, waiting for somebody to come save them. And, and fortunately they made it. And, and so then you and I, we were down there with a group from Ryan Hill Realty to, uh, to work on building houses. So that, I mean, that was a pretty cool experience. Yeah, it was amazing. Do you remember we saw a boat? still in a tree. Mm -hmm. I'll never forget that. We were driving by and there was still five years later, still Mm -hmm. a boat in a tree. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, but you, that like the, the heart of the people that were down there though, like they loved their area and they were going to rebuild there at all costs. And yeah. So we, yeah, we got to do that, which was really fun. And then after we were building houses, we got to go over to new Orleans because it was um, Mardi Gras. That was perfectly timed, not by us, but by others that wanted to, you know, have Mardi Gras. So um, some of us got dressed up, art. Some of us did not, (laughs) but was a really good wingman. Do you want to tell them what you dressed up as? So it's not that I just occasionally dress up, not that there's anything wrong with that, right? But um, for we were actually in the company we were working with was actually in the process of raising money to be able to build homes in past Christian. Yeah. So what we figured out is it cost about $50,000 to build one of these homes mm-hmm. in actual materials. 
because everything else, all the labor was donated primarily by the Mennonites, for sure. Mm -hmm. So what we decided to do was to create a raffle to be able to get money to be able to build additional houses down there for the people who needed it. So that was the purpose of it. Right. And so I I created a character called the raffle fairy and the, the idea had a little costume. Mm -hmm. And the idea was that we would sell raffle tickets to get to the point where what we were raffling off was a condo back in Naperville. Mm-hmm. And the goal was to sell enough that we could build four to five homes in past Christianity. That was the goal. Yeah. So one of the things that we did to be able to promote this is while we were on the build and then subsequently in New Orleans, uh, I was in my raffle fairy costume mm-hmm. and interacting with people on the street. And Kristen was very kindly my camera person. Yeah. And it wasn't like it is today where every phone had a camera. We actually had a special camera that. And so Kristen, no matter where I was, she would film me talking to people. And then we put together a little video that helped us promote our raffle. Are you going to cue the video now? That would be awesome. (laughs) No, but I will put the link for the video in the show notes under the uh in the podcast for you suffice it to say we drew a lot of attention on the streets so and i i know on all the video content i'm laughing hysterically as you're like going up to these people and we're we're attempting to sell raffle tickets it actually was the origination of naperville response which is now morphed into like naperville response for our veterans but that's where it got its legs was was trying to build houses for people down in past christian mississippi that's exactly right. And, you yeah. know, what's interesting about that is the people we work for spearheaded a lot of that Naperville response mm-hmm. to that particular disaster. And like you said, now they kind of kept the infrastructure mm-hmm. and, and tell us what they're doing there. Well, now Naperville Response for our Veterans is an organization that um, serves those that have served, right? So they'll go into um, they'll retrofit somebody's house if they need to make it wheelchair accessible and, um, you know, or for our veterans, like as they're aging, if they can't, you know, live in their home the way it is, they'll go in and they'll redo a bathroom for them to make certain that they can, you know, use everything at their house to, um, based on whatever, you know, disabilities they might have. So it, it's an awesome organization. And they put on a festival in town. Naperville Responds is part of the festival that they do, the Salute event downtown Naperville that happens at the 4th of July. It started last year. So it's pretty awesome to see from the very beginning of us, you know, running around Mississippi and New Orleans, what it's, uh, what it's become. Yeah, that's fantastic. I, I would say I've sort of lost touch a little bit with that, but I do see that you're out there. And, and that's actually one of the questions that I had for you, Kristen, is how much of your business, and we're going we're gonna to take your, we're going to go back to the, your origin again, but how much of your business would you say, I mean, or how important is it for you to, to give back to the community as a person and as part of your business? Well, it's everything. So I would say the community is one of our core pillars, like one of our core values that we have for, um, for our business. And, and, and it's not just the community of Naperville, it's all the communities that we serve. So 
when we make our business plan up every October, it in, there's a portion of it that includes what we're giving back every single month to um, the communities that we serve. And, and yes, veterans organizations are a big part of it, but so are schools. And, you know, I was just at, I just supported a Naperville 203 um, event for District 203. And, and I got to sit with a principal who told me that 15 students at our school were homeless and, and I, in Naperville, right downtown. And I said, you know what, you just let me know if there's anything you ever need for those families. And sure enough, two weeks later, you know, the email comes over, would you be able to do this? And of course we said, absolutely. But it's all about, you know, this community has been very generous to us. My boys are fourth generation Naperville and, and it never, um, we never lose sight of the fact that if we didn't have the community, we, we wouldn't have a business. And so whether it's the chamber of commerce and, um, or other nonprofits, we like to give back as much as we can. That's fantastic. And obviously it shows in the way that, that you present yourself to the world. I mean, I don't think that there's a person that I know in that community more than you. If somebody said, can you help? The first person to jump up and say yes is you and your husband, Kevin. I mean, as a team, you guys are out there and really being part of that community, which which is fantastic. Yeah. And then all the people that are on our team, we have that you know, same expectation of the people that that work with us at Jungles Group. I mean, I had a, when the tornadoes came through um, Woodridge, we had a client that had closed three weeks earlier on a house. And when I called to make sure that they were okay, they said, no, like they, their whole backyard was, you know, destroyed by this tornado. And I'm like, what can I do? And so she literally brought, you know, all of her refrigerated goods, met me at a, a location and I kept all their stuff at our house until they had power again. And and then the next day, my entire team showed up to clean up their backyard. I mean, it was, this was a family of five that was living in a condo for so long. And every time we looked at a house, I don't think they looked at the inside. They only wanted to know what the backyard was like. And so to see that their backyard was destroyed, we went there and, and we cleaned it up. Like it's, so it's anything that needs to be done, we're going to do it. That's cool. And I, and I know your clients know that. Mm -hmm. I mean, they really do feel part of your family. When we look at things we don't look at it as we're just buying or selling houses right like this is a relationship business and and it's the reason why you know 85 percent of my business is referral based and the only reason it's not a hundred percent is because i do um so much new construction right so but otherwise it would be it, it would be the majority of our business comes from um people that we've done business with or people that we know in our community and so and we don't we don't take that relationship for granted ever that's fantastic. All right. So let's go back to the origin. Now, you, you worked at the Illinois Association of Realtors mm -hmm. for six years doing your stuff. And then what made you, I mean, you, you sort of spoke to this a little bit, but what made you decide that you were going to get back into day-to-day -day brokerage? So um, very honestly, it was that I decided that I did not want three people to sit in a room every year and decide how much I was worth. I, I knew I could be the CEO and I, I wanted to be the CEO and I wanted to build a business and I wanted um, to be able to call the shots, you know, day in and day out. I knew it was going to be hard work to build it, but I had enough people as mentors that had done it before me that I knew that I could build something really awesome. So so I just decided and I, I pulled it out, my license out of the holding company and um, and Karen Sholley at KW, coincidentally, had called me and I met with her. And that was the start of 
what has been five full years. We're in our sixth year right now. And I absolutely love what I get to do. So when you jumped in, what was what was the difference? Because you were a real estate broker when we worked together. Mm-hmm. But you, I mean, because then we had the opportunity to work together again there. And it was a completely different Kristen than it was. And I don't mean, I'm not saying that to be negative at all. But would you say that's a fair statement? Uh, yeah, I would say that that was fair. So I think that um, there was a couple of things. First of all, I would say that when I went into it at, to be a full-time agent, I was never full-time before. When I decided it was going to be full-time, um, I made a decision that I wasn't going to play small. So I knew that right from the very beginning. I think this is where agents miss, is that I had such clarity around my why and why I was building a business and why I wanted to help a certain number of people every single year and and what was driving me that I just thought it was unstoppable, right? So that's how I attacked it this second go around. So let's talk about a why for for a moment because you and I were talking a little bit before, but when, when people get into this business, they do it for a variety of reasons. True. But almost every coaching program or every national coach We'll talk about a couple of things, mindset, and as part of your mindset, your why. And you get a lot of new people that are like, I don't need to talk about all that stuff. Just show me how to sell or just show me how to do this. Why do you think it was such a big difference for you? Yeah. So that's a good question because I get so many agents that ask me, how did you do it, right? And I noticed that there's two things that they have to understand. They have to know why they're doing it first and foremost, but they have to be up to the task of doing the activities to get it done. And for me, when it comes down to why, and it comes down to my mindset, that is more important to me than the day-to-day phone calls that you're, that you're going to have to make. Having, having clarity around what you're doing and the reason why you're doing it and being of like being so clear and so intentional about it, it changes the game for people. And, and so when people say to me, and I, I mean, this is not knocking, you know, what their why is. So don't misunderstand. But when somebody tells me that their why is their kids, right? My big why is my kids. I want to provide for my kids. And I hear them. And I understand that because I mean, you want to provide for your kids or I want to provide for my kids. Like we, we want to leave their lives better than what we, what they found them, right? Like better than what we had. And I think that does that wake you up in the morning every single day to want to be great for your clients, right? And because at some point they become adults. So what happens when they become adults? Like your why, do you lose your why? And so I think the challenge has to become that people need to think bigger. They need to think bigger about what's possible. I mean, when I looked at my business and I started this, my big why is to make yes an option. That, that is my why. It drives me. And because when I started, I remember that I wasn't, I would go to charity functions and I would be around the perimeter of the charity function, writing my name on silent raffle items, right? Because that's what I could afford to do at the time. And I thought when I make yes an option, it means that I could be the one to raise the paddle. 
if I need to make a $5,000 contribution to a charity I care about, I can do it, right? Because yes is an option. It doesn't mean I'm going to do everything, but it becomes so much bigger than me, right? I mean, so so as a minimum, I, I have a minimum every month that I want to donate to different charities. We've now added asking our clients at every closing, what charity do you want us to donate to? Because I, I want it to be such a bigger part of how many different lives can we impact, right? And and that is what gets me out of bed in the morning. So like when I see people on their screensaver and they'll have a picture of their kids, don't get me wrong. My kids are awesome. I love them. But when I, on my screensaver, it says make yes an option. So it's a constant reminder to myself that I got to go bigger than me. I have to impact more lives than just me. So like I know what every person on our team wants to accomplish with their life. I know what agents in my community want to accomplish. And so I'm there to constantly remind them to keep going bigger. When you think like that and you're surrounded by people that think like that, you literally can't fail. And then the second part of it is the activities, right? Like you have to be able to do that. But but to have such clarity around why I'm doing what I do every single day, it um, I jump out of bed to work in the morning. Like I, I don't I don't even think about it anymore. I'm excited to do it every day. And I know it comes across when I'm talking to people that I love what I'm doing. There's just such a passion for it. And there's a passion for changing people's lives. And and I just think like there's no stopping make yes an option, in my opinion. That's a great why. You know, I was going to say to you, and it's interesting that you brought up the kids, because when I say to people, why are you doing this? What do you think their number one answer is? It's not kids. What do you think? Number one answer. Oh, why they want to do this? Why they want to get in real estate. Most people tell me they want to make 100000 a year. Yeah, that is but that by the way is the number one answer. Mm -hmm. Anytime yeah. I ask people, what do you want to make in in real hundred thousand dollars? Agents tell me that too. And so then, but see, that's the thing about having a why that's really big is because you know, if you execute your business plan at a high level, you're going to make a hundred thousand dollars a year. So then what's next for you, right? Like what's you know, Karen Prawl asked me that all the time, like what's next for you? And I've started asking people. I had a friend of mine in Omaha, Nebraska, an agent friend who just won 30 under 30. And my first question to her was, what's next for you, right? Because there's always something bigger than achieving all these goals, these incremental goals that we hit along the way. But there's always something that's much bigger on, on a much grander scale. And, and I just think like I live in a world where this career affords me the opportunity to create other opportunities for people. And, and that's what I want to do every single day. So it becomes less about buying and selling houses and more about how can I impact more people's lives. 100%. 100%. I love that. But you didn't, like when you got back into it, your make yes an option wasn't your immediate why was no. it? It took no. you, it took you, uh, I don't know how long, but it took you some time to figure that out for yourself, right? It did. Yeah. No, I went into it as the $100,000 a year. I want to help my kids thing. So and that was me at the very beginning. And, and, um, and, and it worked. I mean, obviously I've done both so that, I mean, it, it works for you, but it, it's not sustainable over the long term, right? So like, I would say this is where, I mean, I just came back from a conference, a real estate conference that was 90% mindset and 10% transactions. It's like, literally, I got to hear John Acuff, who wrote the book Finish, um, talk about, you know, goal setting to the now. And and I got to hear Simon T. Bailey, that you know, who is fantastic who talked to us about, you know, when you could be different, you could make a difference. I mean, it's those kind of concepts and ideas. Oh, 
And I got to have breakfast with Aaron Jackson, who is an Olympian, gold medal uh, in speed skating. And and listening to how what her mindset is, because, you know, in 2016, she didn't know how to ice skate. And in 2022, she wins an Olympic medal for speed skating. That's mindset, right? Like, how do you get yourself to become a champion that way? And all of these little nuggets that I like gain, you know, year after year from all these awesome people I get to be around, it also impacts how I think and the impact that I'm going to have on the real estate industry and the people that I get to be around. Right. So, so mindset is, is mindset's everything. And then it's, you need to be able to do, do the work. Right. And so the doing the work, we would both agree is learnable. I mean, yep. we can teach, both of us can teach people yep. how to actually what to do every day. Mm-hmm. Yep. But, and this is one of the things I found interesting with you um, because you and I had a an interaction. It's a few years ago now where somebody who asks you if they could work an open house with you or shadow you, um, what do you tell them? Well, first of all, you mean about my standards that I have for the open house? Yeah. So you can't shadow me unless I have standards around shadowing me for an open house. So you have to have um, entered in a certain number of people into our command, our database. You have to sh- you have to show up with your business plan. You have to um, show up dressed a certain way. Like you need to be on time. Like all of these things. Like there's criteria, and if you don't do it, I just invite you to leave because. You know, I, I believe that, you know, when we put standards in place, we're capable of anything. And it's whether or not you're going to uphold your standard every single, you know, it's every single day in this business that you have to have a standard over what your activities are. Because I tell new agents, activities create results, right? So if you don't want to do the activities, you're not going to get the results. So it's pretty simple. So I think, but I, I will tell you, more people shadow me at open houses than any other agent in our market center. And the reason why is we have success in doing them, but also like when you show up to, to shadow me, I'm going to teach you how to be a great agent, right? So it's like what you just said, Art, like I could teach people the contract. I can teach people, you know, how to host an open house. But what we can't teach people is we can't teach grit and determination and hustle and motivation. Like you're either going to have those qualities or you're not. And the big the big differentiator from the people at the top of the leaderboard of any office and those that are not is is the grind it's it's your willingness to do the work and grind it out and so you know if i have an agent that shows up with holes in their jeans to an open house of mine well you know i i get on the phone and i call my husband and tell him that he has to come shadow with me because i won't do them by myself and i'll send that person home so you know i I mean you just you got to be professional it's a we got to raise the bar in our industry and i think it starts with me i love that and 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 what was funny is is um you when you told me that a few years ago you said this is what i want this is what i i expect from people that surprised me not by about you but it surprised me because i'd never run into another broker who set standards for helping people in an open house situation or really in any situation and I was so impressed by that because I knew if the people did the work to shadow you, they would value that experience a heck of a lot more than if you just said, oh, sure, come show up, see what I do, how I do it. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, it just enhances the experience for them. And, and, you know, the reality is, and I'm going to tell you, not every agent is like this, but I want everyone to win. I, I really do want everyone to win. I don't, I only compete against myself. I mean, I, I unfortunately, I come across agents who were, you know, so high on themselves that they can't see through that in order to be able to help people. But I really think that people helped me in this industry get to where I am. And so I feel obligated to like reach back and help other people. And, and when I do that, I think that, you know, we show ourselves as professionals and we just need to show up that way. And I think, you know, it's funny because a lot of people come into this industry and they want to be their own boss, right? They want to have their own schedule. They want to make their own schedule, be their own boss, decide, call all the shots. The thing that kills more people's careers in real estate is that they're their own boss. It's that they control their schedule. It's that they call all the shots and they do whatever. Like that's what sinks people in this industry. And I just think there are, there are critical steps at the very beginning that you can take as an agent that will set you up for success. This is coming from somebody that, you know, I didn't get a deal for my first few months that I was in business, right? And I just kept saying to Kevin, like, hang in there, don't worry about it. At some point, you know, I'll, you know, I'll be contributing back to the family again. And, you know, and then, and then you fast forward five years and, and I say this not to boast, I just say this about doing the work. And then in one month, I make what I made in all of my, in a year at the Illinois Realtors, right? Like, so like, so it's possible if you do the work, um, anything's possible, but I just want to make sure that we set that expectation early for agents is that you've got to, you've got to show up to go up for sure. Well, and again, if you think about that is one of the prevalent mindsets that we get from people coming into school is, yeah, I want to be my own boss and and I'm tired of working for the man. And I'm tired. Like you said, you got to a point where you were like, I didn't want three people deciding what I was going to make. Right. 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 But, but then you got to have the discipline to do the work. You're absolutely right. I was teaching a class the other day in our market center and um, and I said to them, when you used to work for somebody else and you had a project with a deadline of Friday at five o'clock, you wouldn't leave until that project was complete. Like you would you would call your family and you would say, I'm going to be here late. I won't be home till six. I'm not done yet. I got to finish something. Right. And somehow that doesn't translate for everybody into being their own boss as a real estate agent. And I I wish it would, because. If I told you, Art, that you could be successful by making 20 contacts a day, Pete Economos says it all the time, no financial situation that can't be solved by 20 contacts a day. So I, I tell you that. And yet when I ask agents that say that they want to, you know, follow me around for a day or shadow me for a day, I'm like, all right, well, you text me every day when you get to 20 contacts. And when you're consistently doing it, then you can come follow me around. Well, I've never had anybody last longer than three weeks on doing it. One person, class of 80 people, I said, text me every day, 20 contacts. By the end of week one, I only had three people. By the end of week three, I had one. By the end, by the end of week four, I had zero, right? And so what those agents don't know is I'm, I'm testing you as much as, you know, I'm challenging you because maybe there's an opportunity for you on my team, right? Maybe there's something bigger out there for you, but yet they're not willing to do the work to get that done. And so somehow it doesn't, what you learned working for somebody else doesn't always translate to here as a career. And if it did, and you held yourself to the same standards, we'd all be at the top of the leaderboard, right? We'd all be serving, you know, 25 plus families a year. So yeah, 
for sure. Well, and here's the thing is, is that, um, again, I think it comes back down to the discipline of it. I would say not every company is great at training people on what to do. Mm-hmm. So I think that definitely is one of those areas which contributes to the very high turnover rate that we have in this industry. Right. You know, they right. just, people aren't getting the what to do training mm-hmm. and, or they're not getting the mindset or they're not getting some combination that's going to help them succeed in this business. Yeah. People hop around from business to, from one company to the next, right? Like take me, for example, in the last two years, the best trainings that I had were outside of my office. Yeah, I I was seeking them out. Like who are the best in the industry at doing something that I need to learn from, whether it's mindset or systems or building leverage, like who are the best at it? And I went to seek those people out because I don't think that you can do it until you've mastered what it is, Right. And so I spend, I mean, and that's not to knock my market center because like I have, you know, I've attended bold every single year. Like I do the things in our market center, but, but I literally seek those people out. So I think that is the other thing is that when they come there and they say, oh, I didn't know how to do something right. That is grit. You need to find the grit in order to be the best. Right. And so, so if I, like, I know the conference I was just at, I mean, I'm at conferences at least quarterly somewhere in the country. I'm at a conference at least every single quarter to to learn what are the best practices, what are the best marketing tools, what are, you know, who are the authors that I need to be reading. I read three books a month now. I I never read. I was never reading five years ago, right? And now I read three books a month. It's because like I'm seeking that knowledge because by having that, it makes certainly makes me a better person makes my family better off. It makes my, my clientele better off. It makes our community better off. Like there's a domino effect to doing that. And I wish that everybody had that grit to go do it because, because yes, you could get training at your company and that's awesome. And then you start to think you've got a next level where you're going to go with your business or where you're going to go with your life. And, and then some of that you have to go find. And it's certainly out there if somebody's looking. Yeah, it's out there. (laughs) Yeah, there's there's a plethora of places that people could go if they truly want it. And I think Mm -hmm. that's the other thing, Kristen, is that, you know, we both met people who say I want it. Mm -hmm. But then their actions belie that fact. Right. Right. Yeah, that's exactly right. You don't. So um, it's funny. I looked at my business uh, last year and where our business was and how many referrals we were getting. And then I started looking, okay, where did those referrals come from? And they were open houses or door knocks or in the community or all the things. And I thought, so the driving my business needs to come from those initial activities, which built my business. Right. And so I started doing as a minimum, I have to host four open houses every single month. That's the minimum. The that's the standard six is better. Right. So if there's, you know, six is always better. But so that's what I'm doing. And it's funny, I'll come across agents that are like, oh, I can't do that. All right. Well, so, so can't isn't in my vocabulary. I've replaced the word can't with must. So it's not that I can't do something. I must do it because if I want all those things that are on the other side of, of those activities, then I have to be able to be willing to do the work then. And I, I think 
I mean, maybe at some point we'd like to add a couple people to our squad. But I, what I do know about doing that is that I'll be modeling the behavior that I expect the team to do. I, I'm always the first one to show up for stuff like that. So, and, and I don't know that all agents see that. No, I could tell you they don't. Yeah. I, I mean, fine. I, yeah. I mean, like you said, you know, it, 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 the opportunity is then greater. Right. The opportunity is greater. Like when you, you know, we're definitely seeing a shift in this, in our marketplace right now. And, and I think, you know, they'll say, well, we're going to lose agents again. And, and I just think, you know, the, it, it just creates more opportunity for other people. It's that, you know, agents, that are doing the work do not leave our industry. You know, they, and if they're doing the work and they're not seeing the results, then we need to uh, tweak their scripts or we need to tweak their frequency of how they're making contacts or we need to come up with another system for them so that they can, you know, touch base with their sphere more frequently. Like there's always something if you're doing the work that we can tweak. But if you're not doing the work, then you're going to leave the industry, right? I mean, I talked to somebody the other day and um, they've been in the business for 18 months. So he had asked me to shadow me again for an open house. And I'm like, well, you shadowed me, you know, 18 months ago, but that's fine. We'll shadow you again. How much business have you done? Zero. In 18 months. And I, and I think to myself, like, well, then you're not doing the work. So because if you were doing the work at the, at a bare minimum, you've been doing rentals for somebody or something, right? Like there'd be you you create opportunities around yourself when you're doing the work. 100%. Yeah. I agree with that. Hey there, Real Estate Roundtable podcast listeners. I want to take a moment to tell you about our sponsor, I Love Real Estate School. If you're looking to get your real estate license or fulfilling your continuing education requirements, I Love Real Estate Schools got you covered. As an Illinois licensed school, they offer the state-required broker pre-license course, managing broker pre-license courses, post-licensing courses, and continuing education. And the best part, you can take the courses either through their live stream with the live instructor or online home study. So no matter where you are, you can get the education you need to take your real estate career to the next level. I Love Real Estate School is committed to helping you succeed in the industry. That's why they offer comprehensive, high-quality education at an affordable price. So if you're ready to start your real estate journey or stay up to date with your continuing education, head on over to iloverealestateschool.com today to learn more. So you sort of mentioned this, but how do you stay up to date on what's going on in the industry, what's going on in the market, that kind mm -hmm. of stuff? So I really see myself as a student of the industry, right? I don't think that we ever know everything so that we're always learning, but it is. Um, so I did mention I go to conferences. So I go to two conferences a year hosted by um, my brokerage and then. I go to a minimum of two, if not three conferences that are hosted outside of that. So I see what other, you know, people in the industry are doing. So um, that is part of my, you know, that's budgeted. It's a line item on my budget that I'm going to reinvest in education for myself. So 
that's, that gets me thinking bigger. Like those are like the mindset sessions and, and ideas with marketing. But I would say, you know, the, the big differentiator for me was that I joined a uh, mastermind with realtors around the country. We mastermind every morning from 6.30 a.m. to 7.20 um, every morning, Monday through Friday. And I don't miss, like I, I do not miss. I'm on that mastermind with hundreds of agents around the country. Um, so it keeps me sharp on what we need to do. Of that, we have smaller groups that have formed. Like we have an accountability group that meets every single um, every single week from that group of agents. And and then I think it's you know there's it's more than just knowing what is the the trendiest paint color, right? You need to know stuff like that. But we're in a data driven industry, and you need to know the numbers. And so so in becoming a student of the industry, like I have to know what the markets are doing so that my clients can make the best decisions that work for themselves. And for the, I mean, it's the biggest financial decision they're going to make. So I just want to make sure that they have all the data in order to be able to make the most informed decision. So I think it starts with knowing the numbers and knowing your market. And I look at them every day. So at every day, I know where, what things are going on and where things are moving and what percentage of inventory we're down right now and what type of market that we're in. That's a daily thing for me. Um, so it's that mastermind. It's keeping in touch with that. But I also think on a local basis, like I just attended a Naperville Chamber event on um, commercial real estate development that they offered and, and learning about what's coming into our, you know, what goes into that decision-making about why they want to build in Naperville and, and what businesses are going to be coming. I, I just think you know, attending things like that and knowing what the park district is doing and our schools are doing, it makes me a, a better resource for my clients and it helps them to make better decisions. So like, you know, I think when I, when I'm working with people and, and when I come to the table, I come to the table with numbers, right? I mean, it's, it's an emotional enough as it is, you know, I don't need to go there with them. I I'll sympathize with them, empathize with them. But then at the end of the day, a lot of what we do is numbers based and you've got to know the numbers. So, so I'm always learning. I just think, I mean, I love being a, the opportunity to be a student again of things and, and really just then I in turn just share it with other people. Well, it's funny too, though, because you're a student of things that you're interested in. Mm -hmm. It's a whole different educational experience. Right. Is it then? Cause when people think about education, cause you know, I say in all my classes, you got to be a lifelong learner mm -hmm. and people are like, Oh God, I can't imagine you know, going to school and going to classes because they think about it in terms of what their experience was in high school and maybe even in college. I got to do this. I got to do this. I'm not interested. Why can't I just do the stuff I'm interested in? Mm -hmm. and, and now as a career, you can do the stuff you're interested yeah. in. You can do everything you're interested in, I think. But I'll even take a class. I took a class two weeks ago, or maybe it was last week, but that um, someone taught at MREG about better ways to search for homes on MRED for your clients. I'm like, I'm going to take that. Like, I want to make sure that I'm not leaving anything on the table for my clients. And I'm going to tell you, I was probably the most seasoned agent on that call that she did. But, you know, an hour or so of my time to learn that from somebody that's an expert in it. Why not? It better, it sharpens the, you know, it sharpens the blade a little bit. So, I mean, I, I just want to learn as much as I could possibly learn so that I know that when my clients get me, they're getting they're getting one of the best agents out there. Again, that your your mindset is really what drives you. I mean, I'm just 
I continue to be impressed by that because it it exudes itself in all facets of your business. Absolutely. Nobody could ever say to themselves, we don't know what she stands for because mm-hmm. they do. And, and, you know, people talk about building a brand and people talk, you know, a lot of people getting into this business today want to sit behind their computers and go, yeah, I'd like to make money on real estate, you know, from my computer. You know, we grew up in this business with it being a belly to belly business. Right. It's right. Still it, it's still it. You're going to have to at some point. Yeah. Right. You're right. This is a relationship business. So we're in a relationship business. I think you have to be genuine about it too, right? You you can't just go join a nonprofit and give back to a nonprofit just because you're looking to get business. That is not that is not why I'm involved in any of the nonprofits that I'm involved in. I'm involved in them because I'm passionate about what they stand for. And I think that um that I, I think if people spent more time like doing some soul searching about what you really love and what how you want to give back, like when I go to charity events or when I go to um, involved in anything with a nonprofit, I'm there because I believe in their organization and I want to help them be better. You know, in some cases I could do that with volunteer hours and in other cases I can now do that by writing a check. They need both. But why not find something that you love and then do more of it? People will do business with you eventually. You, I mean, but really giving back and, and understanding community, understanding relationships, those are core values for the Jungles Group for sure. And, you know, a lot of people will say to me, I mean, I've had students that will say, I'm getting in the business for the money, for the money. And certainly when I teach pre-licensed class, I'm trying to really get it in their heads that if you want to make money, you've got to do it, you know, a certain way. You've got to follow the law. You've got to follow the rules, the rules of your company, right? Mm -hmm. But then there's comes a point where I talk about there are other things than the money. Yes. The other buckets that are going to be filled that as a new person, you don't even know about. Mm -hmm. You're so right about that. Like I look at it now and I think um, the next level of for me and for our team is how do we create legacy? Like that is that has become such an important word to me about how do I create legacy for my own? And how do I do that for my client? You know, just to give you an example, like when I take first time home buyers out, I explain to them, we're not just buying your first house, we're buying your first investment property, right? And we need to start thinking bigger because when I can get a 25 year old to get to own five properties by the time that they're 30 or 35, when, when we can do that, they are able to go say, okay, well, maybe I don't like the industry I'm working in, but I could go give back in a bigger way over here. Because financially, I have this income that's coming in over here, right? It's that huge domino of creating legacy, both like financial legacy, what's your personal legacy? Like, that is where our biggest opportunity is, in my opinion, over the next 10 to 20 years is how do we create that? And, and I think that when, when I do that for people, and when I'm able to help guide them and be part of their process of creating an incredible legacy for themselves and their family we've made everything better, right? We've left this community better. We've made families better. Like we've done that. And it starts by buying a house. So so now I'm like, how do we next level the experience of buying a house? Like for everybody, right? So, and that's what I want to do. It does become bigger than me, which is awesome. 
like it's, it's just so awesome that it's just this thing that you know started out by i was the girl that wanted to make a hundred thousand dollars a year and as soon as you make a hundred thousand dollars in a year not to dismiss that that's not great money but you know you you could build a legacy around a lot more than that right absolutely and and you realize it, it's not the money you're making Mm-mm. but what you can do with that money yeah. for your family for your community for those that need it mm-hmm. need that kind of help that that's what sort of catapults you into that sort of next hemisphere of what you want to do mm-hmm. yeah and you're and you're you and and the jungles group are living proof of that thank you that's what i mean that's what i want it to be like i don't you know, certainly we help a lot of families every single year and we want to help more every single year. Like that's, I mean, that's always our goal is to help families. But when you look at our, our GPS, which is our goals, priorities, and strategies that we work off of, and that we have 15 strategies, one of those includes what our give back is. And I want that number to be so big that at some point I need a foundation that Brett and Trevor can sit on where we make decisions on how we're going to give back. Like whether it's, to music, because that's what Trevor's passionate about, or whether it's sports, because that's what Brett's passionate about. Like, I, it's it's bigger than that, right? So there's a foundation out there somewhere that my boys are going to get to be a part of. And, and that, to me, is legacy, right? So that is, you know, that's making sure that the kid that can't afford to play Little League Baseball gets to play Little League Baseball because, you know, the Jungles Foundation came in and swooped in and paid for it. And, but it, but the impact that it has on that one person is astronomical, right? So, so that's that's the future of where the jungles group is going. Yeah, we want to help lots of families. We, I mean, we and we'll do that. But by doing that, we're also going to create legacies within those families, which will be awesome. Yeah, I mean, it, it, again, your vision is so spot on, and it, it's one of those visions that draws you to it. Uh, I can't remember the trainer that used to say, you know, you need a vision so big that it sucks you to it that you're not pushing to get there, but that it's drawing you in. Yeah. And and I think that that is one of the things that has set you apart in this industry, especially in the Naperville area. So let me ask you this, keeping that in mind, what would your advice to a brand new agent be? Yeah. So I would tell a brand new agent, just get ready to hustle like you've never hustled before. And um, And I would tell them that everything that they want is on the other side of fear everything like it is that fear to knock on a door that fear to host an open house that fear to make a phone call all everything that they want out of their life is on the other side of that and so i would challenge them to do the work like to really really do the work and not just say oh i met five people no if i tell you it's 20 a day you're going to do 20 a day and actually do the work i have a sign that's posted over here that is my constant reminder well there's a bunch of stuff that's posted over there that's a reminder but one of them is you know what would um what would Gary Keller say about my schedule, my P and L, and my bank accounts? And if I'm not proud every day to be able to say, you know what, you could show up today and shadow me, and you'll see an agent that does the work, then I need to make adjustments, right? And I'm not saying you have to do work all the time. Like a really um, really powerful conversation that I listened to um, with somebody, Jordan Freed. He's a trainer and he's a coach. And he said that he thinks every agent should take one day off during the week, one three-day weekend um, every month, and one seven-day week off every quarter. Because we're so busy, you know, with the hustle that I talked about, like, 
that you need to make sure that you're staying grounded and you need to make sure that you're getting time off because when you come back from that, you recharge. And so, you know, when I look at striving to be able to do that, you know, with my own business and, you know, in this first quarter, I did it. And I think, man, I came back as a force after I did that. Right. So, so finding that balance between going in, get the work done, do the activities and then leave, you know, it really makes you a really, really powerful agent. If you have that, that grit and you have that hustle. And then the thing I always tell people is, and whether they listen or not, is that activities create results. So the activities are the things that every new agent needs to do. We need to do lead generation. We need to be involved in our community. We need to host open houses. We need to door knock. Those are all activities. We can control the activities. We can't control the results, but we can control that we do them. And if by doing them, then you'll start to see the longer you're in business, you know, how quickly am I able to convert people into people that'll do business with me? But it all comes from the activities first. And when you commit to doing the activities every single day, I mean, I have a a checklist or I literally check boxes every single day on the activities that I need to do, because I know that by checking those boxes, I get the results that I'm looking for. And then when I get the results, it's so on and so on. And we're creating legacy. So get ready to hustle, do the activities and have a schedule that you'll be proud of. I mean, it's it takes time blocking. You know, I am a fly by the seat of my pants girl. I did not. I wanted to say, oh, I don't need to control my schedule. When I took the time to time block my schedule, that includes lead gen activities, includes family time and includes, you know, includes thinking time on it. Like when I when I have a schedule like that, either I mean, it makes you unstoppable. Yeah. And and I was actually going to get into that because I do know how you got to be the way you are. And and that is time blocking. So why don't you speak to that just a little bit more in terms of what you do, how you do it, and how it's changed from where you were to where you are today. Yeah, I'm glad you asked that because literally time blocking has changed my life. And at the very beginning, I was so reluctant to do it. I had everything on a paper calendar and someone asked me the question, well, who? what if somebody needed to set an appointment for you? And I'm like, well, who's going to set an appointment for me, right? I wasn't thinking big enough. And then I said, okay, I'll agree to do it. And I put it on the calendar. My entire calendar, I could pull it up for you right now, but everything's color-coded. You know, anything in orange is Kristen. That's just me personally. And everything is on there. My calendar says at 5.30, I get to Peloton. It says get to Peloton, 5.30 a.m. Because I get to get on the Peloton. Well, some people don't get to do that, right? But it's in orange and it's on my calendar. Anything in green is a money-making activity. So it's lead generation is on there. But on my calendar, it says crush 2023. So it doesn't say lead gen because that sounds boring. It used to say happy hour, but then there was a lot of happy hours on there. And other people see my calendars now. So, but it says crush. Um, Appointments are in, in green, but I also have red appointments that are on there. And those are ones I need to change to green, right? So where there's openings on my calendar. And funny enough, I would say to people, If they asked me for an appointment, I started saying, well, I have appointments at one o'clock or three o'clock late on Tuesdays and then Saturday if it works for both of us. And I said it so many times. One of my clients, the first time they said to me, Kristen, is your one or three o'clock available on Wednesday? And I'm like, they're listening, right? Because because you can't call your doctor right now, Art, and dictate when you're going to get on their calendar, right? So if we're really going to be a professional, you're going to maintain a calendar. 
So blue is an opportunity to learn on my calendar. Um, purple is a community event on my calendar. The, the standard is three every single week. And, and if you looked at my calendar right now, Art, I probably have 15 blue items on there, which, I mean, it could be anything from my morning mastermind at 6.30 a.m. in the morning or, you know, or something where there's an opportunity for me to learn. It's, it's going to be blue. And, and so I look at this calendar and I also... Here's how you plus one it. Brett and Trevor, my kids have my calendar. Well, Trevor obviously works on our team, but but Brett has it too. So I will get a text from Brett and he'll say, can you call me after your four o'clock? Because I want to make sure that by having a calendar, it doesn't mean you don't have time for other things. It just invites them to know when you're available. So he'll call and he'll text me and say, hey, call me after your four o'clock because he looked at my calendar, right? So it makes everything easier, I think. But it's hard. To get into it. It's it is hard to commit to it initially. It's not hard to get into it. It's hard to commit to it. And once you make that commitment to staying, it actually frees up more time by having a time block calendar. You will find more time in your calendar by time blocking it. Because the reality is our job, like we have five things that we do, you know, it's lead generate, lead follow-up, negotiate co write contracts, negotiate contracts, and script and role play. Those are our five things. Well, you could be done with that by noon. So what does life look like when you're done by noon? Right? So yeah, it frees up more time to go get back to the community. It frees up more time to have time with family. Like it, it frees up more time. So I think, I mean, I'd be happy to sit down with any agent and tell them how I time block. They immediately look at it and they're like, oh my gosh, I could never do that. And I'm like, literally it takes the thinking out of it for me. So I have more time to think about other things because I never think about that calendar anymore. Yeah, the the fly by the seat of your pants concept. And, you know, I don't want to be stuck into some mm -hmm. schedule. But right. when you really think about it, it, it does free you up because you've blocked out all the things that you need to do, especially mm -hmm. when there's hard things to do. You know, mm -hmm. um, Brian Tracy has a book called Eat That Frog. Mm -hmm. Okay, have you, have you read that book? Yep. Great book. What does he say to do? And, and, you know, Gary Keller's got the one thing very similar in terms of mm -hmm. idea. Do the one thing. Right. That but for doing, you know, you, you everything else falls into place. Right. Right. Yeah. It's so funny. You, yeah. It's right here. Yeah. So there's my one thing book. Yeah. But it literally is like it's the one thing. So I had the opportunity to play golf with Jay Papazan in a golf outing last year. And he has two dominoes like on his forearms. And it's like the domino is to do the one thing that you're supposed to do. And if by doing that, everything else becomes, you know, it becomes easier. And I think like that's this business too. I mean, it is the business. It's like you look at the one thing and, and I'm not telling people to do things that they don't want to do. Like if you hate door knocking, don't go door knocking. Just know that I'm out door knocking, right? I mean, and, and you wouldn't find most seasoned agents that are out there door knocking. Why do I do it? I love talking to people. And I'd rather talk to you face to face than call you on the phone and have you hang up on me, right? But on your door, I'm gonna learn things about you on your front door, so I still door knock. But it's like, I mean, it's anything. Like find out what you love about the business because people are like, oh, I don't wanna make phone calls. Then don't go make phone calls, but somehow commit to 20 conversations about real estate every single day. So just find what it is that you love and then go do it. I mean, I had, I had um, somebody ask me about 
So I'm in two golf leagues. I play golf at 6.30 in the morning. I'm done by 8 o'clock or 8.30. And I did not go to my golf leagues in order to be able to generate business. I went to my golf leagues to play golf because that was the only time I thought I could time block golf without taking away from my business. Do you know I sold three houses and, and one person became a realtor from my golf league? Like that was an unintended consequence, but like, but I just think, but I did something I enjoy doing. So if you do things you love and you are around other people, they will ask you what you do and then they'll ask you to sell their houses. So yeah, define what works. Yeah. You know, there are so many different ways to generate leads for yourself that, you know, like you said, if somebody says, I, I'd, I'd be afraid to do that, um, you actually uh, inspired one of my former students uh, to door knock. I think you taught, do you teach a door knocking class? I invite people to come with me. All right. Well, I think she definitely mentioned you when she and I had this conversation. Mm-hmm. And and I, I won't speak to her name without her permission. But the story is you had said to her, get out there and try it. And so she was sitting in an open house for somebody else. And she went out the hour and a half before or an hour before and knocked on doors in the neighborhood, inviting people to come and see the open house. Right. And she got three listing appointments in that hour and a half. That is awesome. Right. Right. And she was just, she called me up. She's like, Art, I cannot believe. She goes, when I first thought about it, I'm like, this is stupid. And she said, but I said, she goes, some people slammed the door in my face. Other people invited me in for lemonade and cookies. Yeah, it's crazy. They will. I mean, but that's the thing is people want to talk to people. Right. And so and yes, we're in the business of buying and selling real estate. But more than anything, they just want to connect with other people. So just be a be a connector in your community and good things come of it. That's awesome to hear three listing appointments. That's sweet. And she, one of them said to her, if you're doing this for an open house in the neighborhood that isn't even yours, right. what are you going to do if, I, if you represent me? Right. Meaning yeah. they were so impressed she was out door knocking. Yeah. Which, again, it may not work for everybody. Right? It may not work. But you don't know. Until you try it. Yeah, until you try it or finding what whatever lead gen activities are going to work for you, you got to find it. So that's when I say, like, when you're when you ask what the advice is to people, you just need to get ready to hustle. You just you need to get ready to hustle and you need to make sure that you have a calendar that reflects your activities. So like I at any point, I could be shadowed by somebody and my calendar is going to reflect what I should be doing as a realtor every day. Yep. Let me ask you this, um, you know. How have you used social media to affect your business? Social media is a huge part of our business, but I think more so in terms of staying connected to people. So in knowing what's going on in people's lives, that I'm keeping up with what they're doing on the day to day. It's funny when people see me or meet my boys, they're like, oh, they know everything about them. Like, well, they think that they know everything about them because of what they see on social media, because we all filter out all the other stuff. But but I think it's a it's important in terms of the connection that it has. But we have plus one social media and we we do Facebook ad campaigns. And we have had um, last year we closed two million dollars in business off of Facebook. So, I mean, that's that for some people, that's their business. But like that would be a whole year for them. So 
we figured out a way to take what we already do on social media and plus one it. It also is, you know, for, for us, it's a, just a way of bringing attention to things that we do as an organization. And I'm not talking about buying and selling houses because I am never the realtor that is going to post that I sold a house in five seconds for 50,000 over asking price. You will never see that from me as a social media post. When I say about what we're doing in the industry, I mean, like, if I if I read a book that I think that you need to have on your shelf, I'm going to tell you about it, right? Or if I had an experience with a client who was able to buy their first investment property, I'm going to tell you how we did it. And and so it's it's sharing those stories of success that we have with uh, that other people have had because of us working with them. We shared that. So so I'm not the person that says, you know, we sold three houses this month or we sold eight houses this month. I don't I don't do that. Um, I just want you to, I want something to spark in you when you see it from us that makes you think maybe I could be that person, right? Or maybe I should pick up that book or maybe I should attend that seminar, you know, because we learned something. That's what I'm looking for with social media in addition to like creating connections with people. Well, it's funny that you say that about the book because uh, I don't know how long ago, maybe a month ago, not even, you posted that you read Abby Wambach's uh, Wolfpack. Oh, I love that book. Right. And I was like, I read that book. Mm -hmm. I've read that book. I yeah. know that book. Yeah, it, I know. It's, it's a fast little read, but it, it's so great. It, so much so that I went on and I read her biography. Oh, is that good? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I didn't know it. I didn't know nothing about her. Yeah. I mean, I knew the name because, you know, cursory sort of see soccer out there. Right? right. But I had no idea. And I'm so impressed. And that's the thing that a book does for you. So if you read a book and you share that with other people on social media and then they get the opportunity to read that book, it's just awesome. Like I, I started passing out this one book um, to friends of mine that are CEOs, not in our industry, but in other industries. I, I gave a book to um, one of my friends and she sent me a picture that she was reading it at a beach. And I'm like, well, that book didn't travel to the beach with me, but you know, good for you that you got to read it at a beach. She came up to me recently at a Chamber of Commerce event and said that she added something to her business as a result of reading the book that I handed to her and said, you have to read this for your business because it reminds me of you. And I think like that's the power of social media, right? So it's all connection and relationships, but she's going to plus one something in her chiropractic business that wasn't going to be there before until I posted about a book and she said she should read it. And so then I just dropped it off to her to make sure that she read it. So like, that's powerful to me. So I don't think we'll ever be able to get away from, despite what all these young people tell me, we'll ever be able to get away from that belly to belly. But I think what Facebook does is it enhances it for people in terms of being able to keep up with relationships, for sure. Yeah, I, I think, you know, so many people get into this business and will say, you know, they'll be told, you gotta have the social media yeah. and you're there to get business. And you know, I'm on I'm on a variety of those pages on whether it's Facebook or wherever, where people will do, you know, you get all the new agents and this doesn't work and this does work. And what do you mm -hmm. think should work? And and I just watch it going back and forth. And every once in a while, I'll like comment like you really should keep going or, you know, some something helpful. But again, nothing works for everybody 100 percent of the time. Right. Right. And if you look at social media and you say, my entire goal of social media is to get business, you're wrong. 
Mm-hmm. Your entire goal should be, as you said, to, to get that connection with people. And the more that they feel the connection, the higher the opportunity is for them to say to you when the time comes, hey, uh, could you help me out? Right, right. So, I mean, I do get Facebook messages that say, can you come list my house? But when I look back on it, it's not just because of social media. It's because I met them at a Naperville Moms event or we work side by side with one another at a veteran event or whatever. So like we made a connection and then we still follow each other and it makes it easy for them to get in touch with us. So, yeah. I know. And I appreciate your time. And and I want to make sure we, we wrap up to be respectful of your time. I'm sure I'm time blocked in there. You are. Um, <laughs> I know. What's the number one skill a real estate agent has to learn and perfect? Patience. That is the, that is the number one skill. You've got to be patient. You've got to be patient while you're building your business. You have to be patient with other agents that we co-broke with. You need to be patient with your clients. Like that is that is the number one skill. And um, a lot of people don't have it. And so how do they get it? Uh, well, some of it comes with time. The other thing is I think it comes with just becoming a better listener. So if you could become a really good listener, you'll go really far in this business. So there's other skill sets, though. I mean... Like I tell people, I'm a bulldog when it comes down to it. I'm a mad negotiator. I love it. That's like one of my favorite things to do is negotiate. So there's other skill sets you could learn. But the most important one is to be patient. You could be hungry, but you got to be patient. And I think that the listening thing is is a skill that's easily worked on. Yes. I mean, that you know, you know me as well. We're talkers. Yes. And and that's something that when I first got into this business, I had to learn how to just stop talking and actively listen to people. And one of the things, one of the tips I like to give new people is what shows you're actively listening is writing down somebody's answers. If you're going to ask somebody a question, write down their answers. Mm -hmm. Because when you do that, they see it. They internalize that you're actively listening to them. Yeah. True. That is true. I actually ask permission from people that I'm going to write when we're at my buyer consult or um, when I'm in my listing consultation. And and I know a lot of agents that are more that are high tech and they want to everything's on their iPad or everything somewhere. For me, I'm writing things down. Like when I'm in seminars now, I write things down because I hear it better if I'm writing it down so that I can internalize it and then I can come up with what the response is. So, yeah, I still write things down now. But it is listening is a very key thing. I had a agent shadow me um, not too long ago this year, and he talked over my lender that was there. He spoke over the people that were visiting the open house, the guests to the open house and another agent that was shadowing. So afterwards, I asked him, I said, you know, on a scale of one to 10, how badly do you want to improve as a realtor? And he said, well, I think eight. I go, how honest do you want me to be? And he said, an eight. And I said, great. Then you need to start listening and stop talking over people. You did it. And I gave him specific examples of when he was doing it. And he said to me, he goes, that's funny. My wife told me that just recently that I talk over her. I'm like, there you have it. So, you know, so you can't do that in our industry. Like you just can't. Well, you could, but you're not going to be in it for long. Correct. That's correct. You could. I wouldn't. That's well. <laughs> Yeah. That is that is a skill that very early on you had. I mean, I was like, oh, 
because I wanted to tell them all about our buildings and all, you know, and I'm so excited because I got this presentation, but I wasn't pulling in. And so I lost a certain amount of people. And it wasn't until somebody said, my my direct mentor said, you're not listening mm -hmm. and you need to write stuff down that I that I really had to pull it in. And we tend to find people in this business like to talk, like to interact. We have fun doing that. But we have more fun when the outcome is what the client wants. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, so patience and good listening skills and then become a fierce negotiator. And I don't know, maybe be able to be successful, too. Yes, Gaga. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I still I still got that. Nice. Uh, all right. So as we end, is there a story in your career that you use to either pump you up or to keep you grounded or in terms of something that you did with or for somebody, you know, that that jumps to mind whenever you're maybe having a bad day, you're going through a hard situation. I don't know. No, oh, there's a lot of them. But um, there was last year I closed on a house. It is funny enough, the people that had their backyard destroyed by the tornado referred me to another couple and they were living in a two bedroom apartment and I met with them. And their son came out. They had been looking for a year for a house until they met me. And their son came out and he said, well, we're just going to go look at more houses and we're never going to find a house. It's like, And I thought, I said, well, challenge accepted. I said, I'll, and he goes, I'll bet you a nickel. And I said, okay. So when we, um, I met with them within two months, they were under contract closing on a house with a backyard, beautiful house in Naperville with a backyard. And we and won that one in multiple offer when we were not the highest offer because the agent on the other side said, I know that your deals close. And I've told my client that we will get to closing. So it, it was a win just in terms of how I interact with colleagues. But it was I went to the walkthrough with them and uh, she handed me a nickel. And I still have it. He gave me he gave me a nickel. They're like, our son wanted you to have this nickel. He said you won the bet. Yeah. So that's doing what you say you're going to do all the time. That's fantastic. I love yeah. that. And and again, it just goes to show that, you know, you said it a couple of times, challenge accepted, challenge accepted. So you continuously challenging yourself. And it seems in all aspects of this business. Is that a fair statement? I would say it's a very fair statement. So, yeah, that is... Um, I just feel like I'm up to the task. I mean, we don't get to be here for very long, right? So you may as well make it count. Right. Well, Kristen, I want to thank you so much for, for taking your time today. You know how much I, I love you and you know how much that I appreciate you doing this. And I'm certain that the listeners, whether they're they're watching the video or they're listening in their cars, can certainly hear the passion that you have for this business and how excited you are, like you said, every day to jump out of bed and to go get to do what you want to do in this world and, and actually have that legacy that you want. So um, congratulations on an amazing career. It's not done yet. I know there's big, big, big things to come for you. And uh, you'll always have me as a fan for sure. Ever since we were in past Christiane, I was like, this woman knows her stuff. 
Well, thank you so much for that, Art. I adore you right back. So I was I'm blessed by the opportunity to come speak with you today. Thank you very much. And we will see everybody in the next episode. Thanks again to our sponsor, I Love Real Estate School. Thanks for tuning in to the Real Estate Roundtable podcast. I hope you enjoyed hearing from our amazing guests and you picked up some valuable tips and insights that you can use in your own real estate business. If you liked what you heard today, please take a moment to like, subscribe, and share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. Your support means the world to us and helps us bring you more great content in the future. And if you're an agent who's interested in coaching, I'd love to hear from you. You can contact me directly through my website, myrealestatesalesmanager.com or connect with me on social media. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you the next time in the Real Estate Roundtable Podcast.